Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's So Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Hillel Korn, and this episode, we are extremely lucky to be sitting with Kevin Moore. Kevin, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Kevin Moore. I'm a product manager on the Dart and Flutter teams, uh, focusing on web technology. And I guess of note today, which is why we're talking, is uh, we just launched the uh, technical preview of Flutter for Web. Amazing. Congratulations. As a Flutter developer, I can't say how incredibly excited I am, and I'm sure many people listening are also just as excited. Uh, just take a step back. What's your background? Sure. Um, it depends how far you want to go back. I'm a native Iowan, very proud. Went to Iowa State, came out here in 02 with an engineering degree, worked at Microsoft for five years, and that's actually where I fell in love with dev experience stuff. I worked a little bit on Longhorn, which turned into Windows Vista, so we don't need to talk about that, but then spent some time working on .NET technologies. It was called WPF, Avalon. I don't know if people know that. Zam- um, XAML might ring a bell for some. And so as a product person at Microsoft, they call them PMs, this idea of being right in the line between being, you know, a technical PM and like a personable strategy kind of dev. I was right in the line. And so I found being a PM on a technical product, a, a developer platform, was a good fit for me. So that's where I kind of fell in love with that role. I left Microsoft in 07, did consulting for a number of years, and that's where I kind of found the web and open source. I found the Google Clojure compiler and spent a lot of time on that. And I was kind of frustrated with you know, this is pre-TypeScript. This is kind of just barely CoffeeScript days. Um, I did a bunch of Ruby on Rails. And so coming from C-sharp and .NET to this very untyped web world, there are lots of things I liked about it, like the openness, I like the web, but I miss types so much. And so then I heard about Dart, and I became um, really involved in Dart. I think I was one of the first ex- external contributors to the, to the Dart SDK and the packages there, which was exciting. This is, you know, gosh, it's been six or seven years ago now. Um, then became a Google developer expert for Dart. And then I joined the Dart team. It was five years ago, December. So I've been on, on Dart for about five and a half years now. And, you know, a lot of people, especially in product management, they talk about, oh, you should move teams and kind of, you know, build your skill set. And I'm, again, kind of in this middle ground where I just really love the technology and I love the people. And so I'm very happy that I've been on this project for as long and I'm kind of on it to the horizon. I really... I really love working with Dart and web tech. It's, it's a cool intersection. Amazing. It's incredibly diverse background. I also, my background's web, and coming to Dart, coming to Flutter, and having strict-typed code has been just life-changing as a developer, right? Yes. It just fundamentally changed almost everything you do on a day-to-day basis, and having that confidence that if it builds, you know, if you run it at least statically, it compiles, tells you something. You know, it's JavaScript, PHP, I mean, anything will run, but will it work? It's kind of uh, not necessarily as clear. Let's just go into your, your role now. So what, what's your actual title? What's your role on the team itself? I'm a product manager. Um, I've, ro- I've worn many hats on the Dart team. Most of my tenure here, over five years, has been focusing on web technologies. So that's the low-level stuff I'd think about, things that we ship in the box with the Dart SDK. So that's our JavaScript compiler. There was one when we started. Now there's two. There's you know, the dev compiler and Dart.js. There are our HTML libraries, so Dart HTML, so things that let you interact with the DOM and do SVG and WebGL and audio and all those things, those kind of low-level APIs, um, the build system around all those things. And then I've had a number of roles kind of pushing, promoting, driving web framework stuff. And so there was a while where I was doing some Polymer work related to Dart. Um, I've had a bunch of work with uh, Angular Dart, which is available open source now, but it's kind of mostly something we really focus on internally. Um, you can check it out. Check it out. And um, for the last year, I've uh, really been focusing on bringing web support to, to Flutter. And that kind of uses my exercises everything all the way up and down. So all the way down to the low-level compiler work and our language, um, and then all the way up to framework bits and samples and all those things. Amazing. So Flutter Web, that is why we're here. 
Uh, let's go into detail. Let's talk about what it is for those who aren't familiar. Uh, do you want to run through kind of a high level, what it is, how you'd use it? Sure. So if you're familiar with Flutter, I mean, our goal all along has been taking the things that people love about Flutter. And so depending how you mix and match that, you know, I think of a great developer experience. So you think about hot reload, you think of all the benefits of the Dart language in terms of scaling up and refactoring things, really fast iteration cycles, and then a great deployed experience. So really high fidelity, pixel perfect graphics, really fast animations. It just looks great. It feels great. It loads quickly, all those things. It feels like a native app, right? And then, so those two things are great. And then the initial benefit of Flutter is like you get those two things and you get to target two platforms, iOS, iOS and Android, right? And then obviously what's exciting about IO is we're starting to talk more about going beyond just kind of the mobile operating systems. So there's been discussions about Chrome OS and doing work there, discussions about desktop. There have been some brief mentions um, and discussion about the Google Home Hub and running Flutter there. And then finally, today we just announced uh, running Flutter code on the web. And what that means is, going back to those kind of initial bullets, we wanted to nail Flutter's selling points, their main value proposition on the web. And so this is not meant to be a port. You know, some things are like, oh, well, it's the same model, iOS, you know, mobile and web, the same model, but the code's different. And you maybe can share 30% of your code, right? We're not that. Like, it's the same code. So there's some caveats while we're in preview, but they really are caveats. Our goal here is that you can take a Flutter app, and assuming you're not doing anything specific to mobile, you know, using Swift or Objective-C or, you know, um, Kotlin plugins, you know, or plugins that are only targeted certain mobile devices. If you're just doing vanilla Flutter code, you will be able to run your Flutter code on the web, period. There's scenarios that are probably better and worse and things that you'd want to target when doing the web, but same fidelity, same good performance that you expect with the same dev experience and the same code that you write running on the web. Amazing. Can you talk about a, a lot of questions? Hopefully we have the time to get through everything. Uh, let's start with how does it actually work? So when you compile it from you know, Dart, Flutter to web, what's it generating you know, behind the scenes? Sure. This is maybe the pointer where I say my coworker Bob and I are giving a talk here at I.O. and we can link to that and there's a, a diagram that uh, can point people to. It's the layer cake of the Flutter architecture. And so, and this has been discussed and pointed a few places. And so what we talk about is there's kind of a rectangle at the bottom, a box at the bottle. Um, and this is for Flutter native, you know, Flutter iOS, Android. There's this box at the bottom that's called the kind of the core, the C++ core. And so that's Skia, which is the rendering engine that drives Flutter. It also drives Chrome. It's open source. There's a text engine and there's a Dart VM. So those are the native bits, you know, the compile the C++ bits and uh, that are part of the native Flutter runtime. And then, again, folks that have used Flutter, they're probably familiar with Dart UI. It's a library that's available in the Flutter SDK. That is the glue between those bits. So that's the glue that, that gives you a Dart API on top of those C++ bits. And then you have the whole Flutter framework on top of that. So Material and Widget and I don't even know what else is in that thing. But all those libraries you use to do Material things and Widget things, animation, uh, theming, that's all written in Dart code, right? So you have... And that's most of the, the bulk of the code in Flutter is that code, right? So this huge box, it's the Flutter framework. You have a bit of code in Dart UI that glues the Dart code in the framework to the underlying C++ layer. So that's kind of established. And then your app code on top is mostly written in Dart, maybe some plugins, okay? So on the website, it's the exact same thing, except that bottom box that's in C++, move that to the side and just say browser. 
So the browser has a VM, a JavaScript VM. So it has garbage collection and it, you know, can run code. That's great. It has rendering APIs, you know, Canvas and the DOM. So that's kind of what Skia is. And I'll, get, I'll put a footnote there. It's interesting to come back to that point. And so what we did was we took effectively Dart UI as a library. And instead of being a shim between the Flutter framework and the C++ layer, we just implemented it in DOM APIs. So it implements everything you'd see in Dart UI, but implements it with DOM elements and CSS and Canvas calls. And so what's exciting is there's that bit, then that's all written in Dart. And then on top of that's the Flutter framework, animation, widgets, layout, all those things. That's all Dart code. Right now it's minimally modified. There's some web-specific stuff. Our goal is we will only, eventually we will only have one copy of that code. There will be one implementation of widget. There'll be one implementation of you know, flow, flow layout or panel or material button, one implementation. And then all your Dart code for your app. And so we have all your app code, all the Flutter framework code, Dart UI also in Dart, all that Dart code. We compile all of that with a, in dev time with a really fast compiler that gives you really fast dev experience. And in deploy mode, we compile it all with Dart to JS, which is a highly optimized um, JavaScript compiler that does minification and tree shaking and inlining and, and loop unwinding and all the things you want from a compiler. We really call it a compiler too. It's not a transpiler. It does proper compilation. We treat JavaScript almost like assembly. And we give you a JavaScript file that you can just run on the web. And so I don't want to minimize the work. The engineers have done heroic work. But what's exciting about that is um, we had all this existing implementation of the Flutter framework and Dart code, and we reused it all. And we just have, like, now we just have side-by-side runtimes, and one is targeting C++, runs native, and one targets the web. Um, but in terms of a, a developer, if you're thinking about building apps and widgets and those things, you just use the Dart framework as it exists. You know, for the preview, there's, it's a fork of things, and we can get into why. But the proof point was I took the charts package that exists now, the Flutter charts package, and it's actually three packages. It's, there's a core package, and then a Flutter-specific package, and then a bunch of examples. I took all that code, and I basically did a find-replace to change some of the imports, because we have a different library and package. We can get into that. But that was basically it. It was find-replace and moving some directories around, and then all 50-some examples just worked. So if you go to, um, and we can link this here, but flutter.github.io slash samples, um, you'll see a list of samples, and one of them is charts. And you can click, and you'll see 30 or 40 or 50 examples, and they all just run on the web. And if it's the exact same charts code that works on mobile, you know, and, but instead of running on assembly, you know, on your device, it's running in JavaScript on your browser. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's go back to some of the points we book, bookmarked. Uh, so DOM and Canvas. So, for example, can you use the, the browser inspector, the console, to inspect the DOM elements and, and, and look at it that way? Does that make sense? And then how is DOM used versus how is the Canvas used? Great question. I, <laughs> this is really where you might need to do a follow-up with some of the engineers, or we can point to blog posts and other things. We really treat the DOM, well, there's a couple things. Uh, we really want to honor the web with Flutter Web, and we'll get into a little bit about you know, navigation and URLs and progressive web apps. We want to be native to the web and respect the web, right? We don't want to be necessarily an opaque box like Flash or Silverlight, obviously, coming from Microsoft. So we want to honor the web stuff there. But forgive me aside here. I'll come back. Um, if you look at many frameworks now, whether it's Angular or Vue or whatever else, in general, the model is you kind of give them a region of your page to party on, and they do their thing. 
And so they might have a template compiler or do other interesting things. You're not really meant to go twiddling into you know, an Angular JS app or a Vue app with jQuery on the side and go digging into its visual tree and muck with things. It kind of owns it, and you should use the framework to modify that set of stuff. Um, I think Flutter for Web goes uh, maybe one step further. We really treat the DOM like a drawing API. And so there are certainly affordances in the DOM we care about, like things like accessibility, that you, want, you basically want to have a DOM element in the tree that maps to accessibility points and things. Um, you want to make sure that things like form fill out and text selection and those things work. Um, those are in early days now of the preview. We're working to make those better. Um, so we want to make sure those browser affordances work correctly. But beyond that, we really treat it like a set of low-level primitives. And so if things make sense to put into individual DOM elements, we do that. Like if, And again, I'm giving four instances here that might not exactly match, but this is kind of an example of what we do. So if it makes sense to put things in separate DOM elements because we know we're going to move them around and we don't want those to redraw, the browser does a good job of that. You know, we use absolute positioning and move things around, that's fine. Um, if we know that we're doing more complicated things with rotation or something where it makes more sense to just draw everything to a canvas, we'll do that. Or maybe we'll reuse a canvas, you know, for another element or things. Um, so you can use Chrome Inspector and go dig in and, you know, view and inspect. And it'll probably look weird. Um, but what's really exciting, and we'll talk about this again tomorrow at I.O., it'll be available hopefully when the podcast comes out, you can actually use the Flutter widget inspector on the web. So you can, it's, and this is just a little bit of a rat's, a little bit of a, a, a hole to get into, but it's crazy exciting. So what we did was we have a, a tool that lets you launch it. We call it web dev. And eventually this will all be in the Flutter tool by default, but it's a little bit separate right now. Um, we have a tool right now called web dev that you use to launch your app. And it launches an HTTP server and you can connect with Chrome. And we even have an option where we'll launch Chrome for you. And what we do is we turn on debugging with Chrome and we connect to the debug port. You know, Chrome has a nice wire protocol for debugging. And then we do some pretty crazy stuff where we take the pro Chrome protocol and then we map it along with the Flutter inspect protocol and we actually generate and proxy it and turn it into the Dart VM protocol and expose a port. And then you can listen to that port with VS Code or IntelliJ or the new um, DevTools tool that you can install, the web-based tool, and point it at your Flutter web app, and then you get the tree view. And you can inspect the visual tree of the Flutter app running in Chrome. You can click on an element, and it'll show it in the tree. You can click down in the tree, and it'll highlight the element. You can see the FPS counter. You can see the layout draw. All the things you get right now in your dev experience, you get them all on the web. We're going even further, which is a little nuts. So right now, the, the kind of standard for doing debugging with JavaScript, if you're coming from another language, is source maps. And source maps work pretty well. And in fact, our dev compiler, we've done work there to make sure that you know, if, you, if you just load a Flutter web app, or any app in Dart web app, um, and you use our dev compiler, um, you can go view sources, and you'll see Dart code there. We do source maps. Again, this might be a while since you've done the web, all these things. But uh, you can set breakpoints in the Dart code, and it'll stop there, and you can see the variables. It's a little bit munged because, you know, we're not a one-to-one -one mapping with JavaScript. Um, but what we're working on now, this is not quite there, is that we're going to continue this kind of crazy VM protocol mapper we have and actually extend it to support debugging. 
So inside the web-based dev tools or, you know, your IntelliJ-based browser or VS Code, you'll be able to set breakpoints, view variables, um, you know, inspect and dig into variables and things, all the things you expect with the exact same dev experience on the web. Um, and so you think that sounds crazy. It's like, well, you know, assembly is also pretty obscure and you have PDB files or whatever that can map the, the symbols back to your source code. We basically do the exact same thing, but using with the Chrome protocol. Um, so we think people will really be surprised. I was blown away that we pulled it off too, um, but it's a really powerful feature. And so you, when I say, talk about having the same dev experience, you have the same dev experience. Hot reload is something else. Like we will, it's already mostly working. It's not state full, so it'll reload your app really quickly. We'll do a, an incremental update of only the changed JavaScript, and we're smart about how we do that. You lose state right now if you use a preview as of you know May 2019, but we have a path to implement state full hot reload. So the same experience you have now with Flutter, where you edit and you in some page and some local variable set, and that should all still work. Um, it's it's we're we're really dedicated to the notion of the f delivering the f promise of Flutter on the web. It's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, just a tangent. So our, our company, we, we built spent the past year building a mobile app with Flutter, which we love. Our users love it, and our plan now that we've seen what's possible is you know we were working on a V2, a web-based V2, but now we realize it's not the right approach. We're going to take our Flutter code and use it and turn that into both a, a mobile tablet, desktop, and web app. And we are incredibly excited at, at the potential. This is really uh, incredible stuff. I'm so happy to hear that. That's great. That's, uh, it's going to make our lives a lot easier. We have a small, small, really small dev team. And to have a single code base across all platforms, it just, it's just common sense. It just makes, it makes complete sense that that's the future. It's just, you can't compete with that. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting for me, too. Um, you know, people might have seen I was the one who hacked together the, uh, the sliding puzzle demo at, at Flutter Live in December. And that's also one of the samples. And I've made a few games before, you know, with Dart and other things. Like, it just, it's a good way to play with a framework and a language. And it's, if you're making a demo, um, instead of, like, some form fill-out thing, like, games are just, they're fun to play with, you know? We, we announced the Ken Ken app for the New York Times. It's a compelling way to tell the story about a dev developer experience. And what I realized when I was making this slide puzzle is, you know, I've done no work to publish it on the App Store or anything. And this is where my web, you know, I love my mobile device, and I, the App Stores are great for a lot of things. Um, but as a web guy, like URLs are so nice. And what I realized in making the slide puzzle is, you know, in terms of the fidelity of the experience and the visuals and the performance, um, I wouldn't, even if I was just doing a web experience, I wouldn't want to do it in anything else. I'd want to use it Flutter. Um, we think a lot of people come to Flutter because they want to target multiple platforms. And that's certainly one of the benefits. But again, just kind of my personal experience here was like, oh yeah, if I wanted to build anything, even if it was only going to go web, there's a whole class of experiences where, of course, I would use Flutter because it's such a great development experience. And the fidelity of the output is great. And I didn't have to think about, am I using a float, you know, box layout or the grid layout? I still haven't figured out all the CSS stuff. It's like, I know it's amazing and I just haven't learned it yet. And so to take my knowledge with Flutter and just say, oh, I can do a web experience too, um, was really compelling. So let's go from the URLs. How are things like deep linking or browser navigation? How would that work with Flutter Web? Um, Really well, as it turns out. Uh, so Flutter has a navigation stack, right? Your, you know, most mobile apps, you know, Android has a back button. And so it has a notion of routes and a navigation stack. Um, and this is where my knowledge is a little bit um, limited. But my understanding is, you know, you can do deep linking into native apps too. And so there's a scheme for how you can define those things. And Flutter supports that now. And so what's great is we basically just layered on that. And so if you use Flutter routing now, I think there might be a couple caveats in terms of how complete you put information. We just use um, 
So you just use the hash URL syntax and it just works. You can um, define routes and as you navigate around, you'll see the URL bar update and you can click the back button in your browser. I think the forward button we haven't done yet. And anyone who's, that's like a simple CS101 thing, right? To like make the other stack for the forward stack. So we just need to do the back button, forward button popping that might not be in again as of early May, 2019, um, but we'll do that work. So thinking about doing URLs and deep linking, like, yeah, that'll just work. So from here, I want to talk about caching. So essentially the, the kind of a common concern would be now we have this big JavaScript app essentially, and you, it usually comes the first time it's going to download. The second time they come back, do they see as a cached? Are we using uh, service workers? How does that work? Great question. Um, so this is <laughs> actually it's, it's a it's such a fun question to answer, um, and this gets really to kind of you know it's like particle wave duality, like because we want to be all Flutter and we want to be all web, and there's some caveats we can get into the target scenarios and things later. Um, but when you think about it, you know, and you can look at the samples now. It's just HTML and JavaScript and then whatever your assets are. So you have fonts and you have maybe a JSON file, um, images, whatever, right? And now we're just web. And so all the tricks you have for the web work. So make sure you have 304 expire headers, right? At a minimum, right? Um, and if you want to jump in and do things like progressive web apps where you define a manifest and all those things, that... So right now, today, we don't help you with any of that other than... You know, it's, we just give you, when you build it, you get a content and it's a directory with HTML and JavaScript and your assets. And you can do all the things that work well there. Um, you can put preload um, headers in your HTML to make sure your assets get loaded right away. Uh, we have very early conversations. So I, all I can say is this is an area I'm passionate about and the team's passionate about. And I think we have an opportunity to do a slam dunk. What's exciting about Flutter is there's a very strict notion of kind of, you know, the things in your asset directory, right? You define that. And it's a little bit different in the preview and you'll see the migration doc and keep in mind, you'll have to do a little bit of a couple hoops now, but hopefully relatively soon, those will all go away. But because we understand the assets you're using and the structure of your app, um, one, just nailing a PWA and just giving you a PWA that just does all the right things should just be easy. Um, and I'll insert should here. And again, I'm a product man. I'm a product manager. I'm not a, a software engineer. So there's like, I'm waving my hands now. The engineers in the room will understand. Um, I'm confident this is very doable and I'm excited to help make it happen. But, you know, we're still talking about it. Um, but nailing a PWA and just doing it right. Um, nailing and just, we'll just set it up so it just deploys to Firebase hosting for you. And it'll just be right you know, doing cache busting URIs. And again, if you're on the web, you know, you can do meta tags and 304s and people who do web stuff will know what I'm talking about. Um, but what's even better is you just give every asset a very unique ID, maybe based on the content of the file. And then you set the expire forever. And so if you have front ends and if you have um, uh, load balancers or CDNs in front, they can just handle that spectacularly and downloads are super fast. Be again, because we have this notion of assets in Flutter and a strict notion of the assets you're using, doing all those things for you should be very straightforward. Um, and again, we're very early in that conversation. So right now you'll have to kind of do this work for yourself, but again, just read about how to do it and it's pretty straightforward. And then we think the opportunities to do just an amazing job for users and help just you know, give you a nice deployed package where the color of the, you know, if you do a manifest file, you can do the color of the browser Chrome, right? And add to, add to desktop and all these Chrome features. Those will just 
that'll just be done for you. That's my goal. Um, and again, feel free to hold me to it. Um, but I think that's the direction we can go. So if you if you care about how you deploy and you want to add this to other content, you know you can put your Flutter web stuff in an iframe if you want to. And there's a way we can do JavaScript interop. So if you want to talk to it from a normal JavaScript app and just have a frame in a normal document that's your chart or something or your visualization, that'll just work. And so you can just treat us like other JavaScript that you compile to some other tool and mix and match, that's fine. Um, but if you want to target and build like a Flutter web app and have it like trust us to own it, I think the experience we can give you will be just, it'll just be click to deploy. That's where I want to go. Um, again, these are promises and we're just starting talk conversations here, but it's all in the realm of possible. And I think this is a place where because we're coming, because we're kind of in this sandbox of dark code and Flutter framework, um, I think it'll be possible. So that I'm excited to start work on. That's interesting. Have you guys looked into web components and how that would potentially relate to it? Could you create a Flutter app as a web component? Um, great question. So, and again, I kind of mentioned this up front a little bit, which is if you're using a, any kind of, anything beyond jQuery, I guess I'll say. And I haven't used a lot of web frameworks, you know, Angular and you know, Vue a little bit and some of those things. But in general, the framework kind of assumes it owns the tree, like it's part of the tree, and it has boundaries for your, where you're supposed to kind of, you can drop it into your own thing. We think will be the same thing there. So again, you know, walking into a Flutter web visual tree and using arbitrary CSS or arbitrary JavaScript or finding one of our canvases and painting it to yourself using JavaScript APIs, like you could do that in theory, not a good idea. Like we kind of expect to own the box. So we know an iframe is just perfect. Like it gives you that isolation. Um, and obviously the shadow DOM and things that are in web components also give you that kind of isolation. So you think that's a good target. Um, I will say kind of frankly, it has not gone beyond the conversation stage right now. We're super focused on just nailing the widget API model and the performance and the dev experience. So we're gonna get into, you know, how you integrate it with existing web content, you know, that's hosting, that's interop with JavaScript, um, that's plugins and other things, that's all on our roadmap. Um, but those are kind of at the conversation stage right now. So what would you suggest are, are things to watch out for? What are the limit, current limitations that we should be kind of aware of and kind of work around for now? Sure. So if you're a Flutter dev right now, jumping into Flutter web, um, it's important to realize right now we are a fork and there's a bunch of reasons for that that kind of just get down to, we know we'd have to tweak certain widgets to, to do certain things and um, obviously doing a lot of kind of changing to the, the start UI layer that we basically full on ported. So it's API compatible for the most part with Dart UI, but the implementation is completely different. Um, so we do plan on merging back and having one Flutter, one widget.dart, you know, all those things. That's where we're gonna go. But for right now it's a fork. So that means if you wanna use your existing Flutter code with Flutter web, you're gonna have to change it dramatically. You'll have to change imports, you'll have to change your pub spec, um, you'll have to move your assets around a little bit. We document this. So that's one thing. Second is plugins don't work. Um, so a plugin makes assumptions around native code and uh, kind of the shape of just imports, you know, package colon Flutter. And we're not package colon Flutter, we're this thing on GitHub and Flutter colon under, Flutter underscore UI is the name of our library. So other Flutter code that you might use as a package, it just won't work right now. 
And so there's ways around that. You can, you know, all the code on the pub site is public. You can go download the zip or go to the GitHub site and you'll have to kind of do a local copy and that's not ideal. Um, and so, and basically it's a hard problem to make sure that we nail the plugin story and we need to be kind of in Flutter core so that I can just go depend on random package XYZ and have it work. Um, so that's stuff that's not going to be super smooth right now. Um, you might be better off, I would probably suggest, um, we've updated, it's called Stagehand, like a template manager. So I think if you get VS Code and you update things, you can get a template that's actually Flutter Web Preview and create a new project, start there. You might be better off just kind of copying, pasting your widget code into this package and maybe changing the imports. Um, might be a good way to start. Or creating a branch on your existing code. Um, so there's some caveats there. Um, we're still cranking on perf and browser compatibility. We've done a really good job, but we know there's some edge cases on Safari. You know, we're at Google, so we spend a lot of time on Chrome. But we're very aware of making sure it's good on Firefox, Safari, um, Edge. Um, but you know, there will be issues, file issues. We're aware of those things. So performance and kind of there'll be bumps with behavior. Um, that's a couple things. Um, accessibility, especially on desktop, we have work to do there. Um, Text in general is interesting. And again, this gets to kind of how we handle drawing, right? Uh, on the web, if everything's kind of in elements, you know, copy, paste, selection, command F, find, that's all very straightforward. In our world, we do that sometimes to, because it just makes sense. And other times it makes sense to paint the text to a canvas, right? If we're gonna scale it and rotate it or blur it or whatever else. And so obviously you can't select text that's printed or you know drawn onto a canvas element. And so there's some things we're working on there and you know, we, we certainly want to make sure things like form fill out, copy and paste in forms, you know, if you have your password fill out or your credit card fill out, that should work. And those are absolutely goals of ours. Um, so the tech stuff is just tricky and we're aware of it and you might see issues there. Be aware that we're working on it. Um, I think that's kind of my short list. Um, and then we went and what's exciting, and this is kind of the stuff we're going to start looking at next. Our goal is, you know, I think there's plugins now for like Google Maps or, I mean, think of the kind of native API access-y plugin things, right? You know, maps, camera, GPS, um, form, you know, um, uh, I guess those are kind of the big ones. Camera, you know, file access, right? All those have analogs on the web. You can access someone's camera. You can do location. I think mobile web actually has orientation, you know, if you want to do GPS or like accelerometer stuff. Those all have equivalents and so and you get the prompt on the web to say can i use your phone you know your your camera your microphone or your location same thing as a native native device um so my goal and i think this is something we we, we will do is make it so that if i'm the author of the location package plugin right i have some code right now that's native code for ios and android you will make another directory that's web or browser and in there you will write hopefully Dart code, and actually that's one of the most exciting things is when you write a plugin for Dart, for Flutter, that's web-focused, you probably can write it in JavaScript if you want to. We need to kind of figure out the details there. Um, but you'd also just write it in Dart, and we will compile that to JavaScript for you. And so, you know, you have to drop it into Swift and Kotlin and Objective-C, whatever now, to do I iOS, Android. For web stuff, if you want to do a plugin, you'll be able to just write it in Dart, and we'll handle the compilation for you. And you want it that way. You don't want to ship JavaScript because we don't know how to tree shake that or minimize that. But if someone's using your plugin 
And using Dart code, we can like, oh, they only call one method of eight in your plugin, and so we'll only compile that and minify that and tree shake that one method you use in that plugin, and everything else will get tree shaken away. So we think we offer a better experience if you're doing um, plugin development for the web. And so again, location, file access, you know, file open, like all those analogs exist on the web. So it's going to be a lot of work. You know, we want to make sure things like Firebase work, and that's going to be a lot of work because those are different SDKs we need to map to for web versus native. Um, so that's it's, yeah, a lot of work, but um, that's kind of where we want to go. So that obviously, just like plugin authors now, package authors now have to decide, oh, I need to do work for iOS and Android to support location, GPS, VR, whatever. Web will be another checkbox that they will want to look at and, and hopefully support and implement and do all those things. Um, but we'll make that possible. Very cool. So it sounds like first-party plugins long-term will support all three platforms, mobile, Android, iOS, and web and will be developed by Google in-house. Uh, tremendous amount of work. Is there a sense of prioritizing the work? Because you guys are actively still developing the, the mobile plugins. And now there's another chunk of work to the website. So is there a sense of just prioritizing based on issues, uh, hiring more developers? <laughs> um, I, know, I know enough to know I shouldn't give any definitive answers there. Um, above my pay grade might be a, a suitable answer. Um, I think in the short term, our goal really is to make sure we nail the plugin model. In fact, I'm sad I won't be able to be spend too much time at I.O. on Thursday, because Thursday and Friday here, where I'm actually meeting with a bunch of people, stakeholders, across Dart and Flutter to talk about the plugin model and the package model and how we think about adding web to this world. And there's just a bunch of interesting things um, in that. And so if I one thing I can say for certain around prioritization is making sure that we nail the model for this so that if I am a consumer of a package... Assuming I do everything correctly, and I'm, you know, again, location is an example here. We haven't done work there yet, but let's use as an example. So there's some location package or GPS package. If I'm a user of that and I have, I'm doing a web something, it should be clear that when I go get that package, it should be clear like, oh, this does support iOS or Android or web or desktop or whatever other platform we support in Flutter. It should be clear. Um, and then if I'm writing my code and calling those APIs, as long as the plugin author has done things correctly, um, it should just work. And then when the user runs the app, you know, on their mobile device, they'll get some prompt that says XYZ app wants to use the location. That's fine. And if you're in a browser, Chrome or Safari or Edge or Firefox will prompt and say, is it okay if XYZ.com uses, or whatever, I should use example.com, I guess. Is it okay if example.com uses location? And you click yes, and it's the same. And then on top of that, we also want to make sure that if you're the implementer of location package or whatever, that we give you the right tools to make sure that you can test it and verify it and do the right things to support those platforms. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, whole, there's a whole other set of work that kind of gets more to my work at the lower levels of just general Dart support around do things like browser stack work so I can verify and test things on um, different browsers. And you know, if I'm on my Mac, can I still test on Linux? Can I, can I test Edge on Windows and all those things? Um, making sure we have support there. So there's going to be a lot of work. Um, but uh, we think that's the best way to make the platform move forward. So if someone listening has developed a plugin, at this point, is it too early for them to start the work, to prepare, to support web? Or are there things they can do to start testing the waters? Great question. If you have a, yeah, so again, I'll use location as kind of just the general example. If you're a plugin author and done that, um, there's not much you can do now thinking towards the web. We're just not ready with the, with the model for how you do plugins here. Um, I think a lot of that will be gated on us moving back into core, like unmerging and getting back into Flutter core. 
because the way you think about authoring that thing and the dependency you, dependencies you have as a package or plugin author really map to what Flutter does. And so we kind of need to get back in the box in that respect. Um, and that's coming, and we're working on that right now, but not yet. Um, so I think the most important thing you can do now if you're in the Flutter ecosystem at all is try it out. Try porting some code. Um, think about the types of browsers you want to support, mobile or desktop, which versions of browsers. Um, we really kind of want to stick to our general model in Dart has been the last two major releases of browsers are kind of what we support. We announced this year that we're dropping support for IE 11. We kind of we want to be in we want to move beyond ES5 for our JS targeting and use some new features. So, but Edge absolutely. Um, so you know, build up some code, try porting your existing scenarios, see how they work. Um, test in the browsers you care about, file issues. Um, you know, post d- demos and sample code. Um, we think that's a great place to start. And then if you're a plugin author and you want to do location or whatever else. Um, if you're making the SQL light driver for Flutter and you want to port that to Web SQL, is that still a thing? They still have Web SQL? I don't know. Like, in theory, that could be possible. I don't know, but we're not quite ready for you to start on that hacking yet. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's good to know. And just to clarify, we're talking about Flutter plugins. If you're a Dart plugin author, those should just work out of the box. Right. So, if, and this is the beautiful thing. And again, it's, it kind of depends on what you depend on. So we, you know, Dart in general, you know, we have a set of libraries. You know, Dart Isolate, Dart Mirrors. Um, Dart IO that don't work on the web. You know, there's no mapping for that on the web. Um, just like there's, you know, there are web APIs like Dart HTML, Dart SVG, Dart Web Audio that you don't try to run those on a server. They all just blow up. Um, but there's this intersection of all these things that work great, you know, collection, async, math, typed data, that all works great everywhere. Mm-hmm. And any package that builds on top of that works great anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun example is, so our Markdown package, parses Markdown, and there's some bits in there, like a little tool that lets you like, run something to like parse a markdown file. But the library itself just takes strings in and generates strings. That's it. And so we've compiled that to Node and made like a Node server. And now so you could do that with a Dart server too. Um, like Markdown works great. Like if you go to the Markdown package and like there's a preview site and you type in Markdown and it renders HTML, that was all just generated with Dart code that's compiled to JavaScript. And that just works. Hmm. And so there's a sea of packages out there that just work great because they just use Dart code. Interesting. Yeah. Is there plans to expose that in, in Pub? So to be able to see, hey, these will work, or can you give advice, uh, things to watch out for, things that should work or shouldn't work? So the package site right now um, does classify things. And so if you, right now on the package site, if you search, you can kind of click buttons. You can say web, flutter, or other. Um, and so we know kind of transitively the things you depend on, and we can classify things. So right now, if you depend on Flutter at all, you don't work on the web. You know, and actually, that's still true with the preview, right? Because I talked about the packages being different. And obviously, if you have a package that depends on web things, you know, Dart HTML, whatever, that doesn't work on Flutter. And so we basically just dig into the package contents and your transitive dependencies and figure it out. And right now, you can click on any package. Just click on the little score icon little circle on the right, and you can look and says, this is how we classified your package, and this is why we classified it that way. Um, my job, and again, I mentioned we're having this discussion internally very soon, um, that gets way more complicated in this new world, because suddenly some web stuff will work fine on Flutter, mm-hmm. and some Flutter stuff works fine on the web, and so, you know, in some respects, it's a beautiful thing that we're bringing the worlds together, but now you have to, you know, we basically have to reclassify things and think about how things are classified, because these two worlds are now blurred. Which is super exciting. It's a good problem to have. I'm, 
it's going to be a pain in the rear end, I'm sure, to have the debates and discussions about how things should show up. Um, and lots of heated discussions, I'm sure. But it's a problem I'm excited to have, to have these two worlds come together. Very cool. I'm sure it complicates everything. I mean, pretty much every subject. You have no idea, but it's, it's a fine problem to have. So two other questions I kind of have to ask. One is Hummingbird. That, that name seems to have disappeared. Is, is it gone for now, or what's the, uh, the plan with it? Tim, if you're listening, I'm so happy. Um, Hummingbird, oh gosh, it was just a code name, and there's a bunch of fun discussions, and, you know, find me later, and we can, you know, have a drink or a tea over it. Um, it was just a code name, and what we realized, and my joke for this has kind of been, um, we don't call Flutter for Android Pelican, and we don't call Flutter for iOS Ostrich, we don't call Flutter for Chrome OS, I don't pick a bird, you know? And so this was my joke internally, like, and there's a bunch of PR and legal stuff around, are you calling a thing a name? And, um, and so that was interesting for, for the, for the Flutter live event in December, but right now it's just, it's Flutter for web. And we have platforms, iOS, Android that are fully supported and fully stable. And we're working on Flutter for things like Chrome OS and desktop, and those are evolving. And we're talking about that and Flutter for web is in a preview. So it's one less thing for you to memorize and know one less thing to worry about search results. Like if you search for Flutter web, the right things should come to you. And Hummingbird will be an interesting footnote in history, but um, it can go, we can remove it from our lexicon in terms of this. Gotcha. All right. That's good advice. And good to know. And certainly going forward, developers listening, use the term Flutter for web. Is it Flutter? Flutter web. Not Flutter for web. Flutter space web, right? Is that the... Again, there's some other really fun, I hope the marketing folks are listening right now. Um, the hashtag we say is Flutter web. So if you're, if you're tagging hashtag things, Flutter tweets web. and things, hashtag okay. Flutter web. Flutter for web. But it's not... It's not a product by itself. We're a preview part of Flutter, but we're just under the Flutter umbrella gotcha. and trying to get Flutter to more screens. Okay, cool. And then the last question we're going to get to is WebAssembly. That's kind of the, the number one question people ask. You know, this looks great. Why wasn't WebAssembly used? Are you considering using it in the future? Do you want to talk about it? I think Web, WebAssembly is a cool technology. It has a lot of, um, a lot of people doing a lot of exciting things with it. Um, there's nothing technically in kind of the uh, Turing complete sense of terms. We could obviously compile Dart to Wasm. Um, and if you know, if you use right compiler backends like LLVM, that makes things much easier. So it's in in theory all very possible. Um, it's just one of many things that we're you know have looked at and talked about, and we have no plans. Okay, that's fair. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I think that's it. So if you're excited about um, the web work we're doing, um, the URL is really complicated. It's flutter.dev/web. That's it, and so that will link to. You know, we had a medium post out. Um, eventually, it'll point to samples. It points to the repository. The repository has the readme that tells you how to get started with everything. The migration doc is in there too. Um, links to filing issues. That's all there. And then, if you want to find me on the internet, I'm Kev Moo everywhere. K E V M O O. So on Twitter, on GitHub, I'm going to send an email at Google. I'm Kev Moo everywhere. Amazing. I'll just add at the end. Uh, you know, my experience when I saw Hummingbird at Flutter Live, now Flutter Web. I was incredibly impressed. However, I kind of thought because it was a simple tile game that it wasn't really going to do everything. And it was, it was the moment when I ran the Flutter Gallery. That's when a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, this is the real deal. This really, can, you can use it to build apps. And certainly in the future, it will be available, ready for production apps. Uh, and I would say if you're listening and you're reading the guides, I highly recommend at least just downloading it and giving it a try, running it. And I think it'll be incredibly impressed how just solid it feels. It doesn't feel like some Flutter app kind of shoehorned into the web. It feels like a polished single-page application running the web, and it just feels, again, incredibly well-built, and there's definitely a, a really exciting future available here, I think, for all developers. Uh, so thank you for all the efforts you've done. Uh, thank you for the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, this was uh, useful to people listening, uh, and I hope you listen and check out the next episode. Thank you very much for your time, and again, shout-out to um, 
again, being the product guy, I get to post the blog post and post the tweets. Um, there's been an amazing um, collaboration across the Dart and Flutter teams across the world. You know, we have teams in Portland and Seattle and here in Mountain View and in Denmark. Um, and so the engineering effort here has been spectacular and it's been really cool to kind of tie a bow around it for people and, and hand out the preview today. Um, so shout out to all the engineers that helped here um, and we're excited to see what people build.